Welcome to this edition of the Disciples Men podcast with your host, Greg Alexander and Alex Ruth. Thank you for joining us as we explore the many challenges of being man of faith in these challenging times. Disciples Men is a ministry of Disciples Home Missions of the Christian Church, Disciples of Christ in the U.S. and Canada. Let's listen in today's conversation. Welcome to our third edition of the Disciples Men podcast. I'm Alex Ruth, the Associate Director of Disciples Men, and I have Greg Alexander, Director of Disciples Men, with me today. Greg, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Alex. So good to be with you today. I hope you're doing well. I am as well, and excited about our uh, opportunity to talk today. Uh, I think we have a really exciting uh, topic and an important topic um, for us as uh, Christians and as men to think about and to discuss. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that today? Well, today we're talking about a very important topic for men, especially in the uh, 21st century, and that's patriarchy. Uh, Patriarchy is defined as a system of society or government in which men hold the power and women are largely excluded from it. And while in our lifetimes we've seen uh, patriarchy lose a lot of its a lot of its force, uh, a lot of its power within our culture, there's no question that we still have uh, struggles with with patriarchy. And and in some sense, in the current political climate that we're in, we're also seeing a resurgence of patriarchy. Yeah. We're seeing we're seeing uh, you know groups that are wanting to reclaim a, a, a white male superiority in our culture again, which obviously for you and me, and I think our work with Disciple Men, we can't tolerate. And so part of our work right. is how do we continue the journey of dismantling patriarchy to create a, you know, a, an open and, and equal field for all uh, who are part of uh, God's realm and, uh, and make sure that we're doing the right things to nurture and support all people in their journey to be uh, what God created them to be. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I echo a lot of those thoughts that it, it seems that we have had a, uh, a distinct resurgence um, in uh, at least the rhetoric um, of patriarchy in the past oh, half a dozen to a dozen years. That's true. You know, I mean, I can remember, you know, in the 60s and 70s when this conversation began in earnest, about dismantling patriarchy, uh, you know, it felt like we had such great momentum moving forward, making all kinds of, you know, wonderful changes to level the playing field between men and women. And uh, and then it seems like over the last, I'm not sure how long it stalled. And, um, uh, you know, I understand the psychological dimensions of it, which we may get into. Um, you know, it is hard when you've understood built your whole life on one particular worldview, when, you know, when people begin to challenge that worldview, you do get defensive. You do want to, you know, hunker down right. and resist uh, that. And so part of our work today is to help educate men to see why patriarchy is as much uh, a diminishment of their own personhood as it is, uh, as it is women. And so uh, that's part of the great work that, you know, you and I and our and disciple men are, are uh, engaging now. Yeah, I think it is important to recognize how um, how tied up our um, our experiences are with one another. Um, I talk a lot about the and think a lot about this this uh, 
myth of the individual person, uh, which is so prevalent in our North American culture, um, when really what I do affects so many other people and, and you know, what we do uh, and how we behave, what we think, what we believe, uh, it really has quite a, a large impact on the world around us um, so that if I disparage or um, look down on anyone, that ends up uh, rippling back and impacting the way I, I view myself and how the whole world is put together. Well, that's correct. And you know, you're kind of reminding us again of our last podcast when we had podcast when we talked about the realm of influence. And you know, yeah. we are we are the center of uh, of a constellation of relationships in our world. Uh, when we operate from a patriarchal worldview, we're essentially saying, you know, the world is about me and you are all subcategories of my life. And so, um, you know, what you think and what you what you do uh, has to be filtered through what I think and what I do. Uh, if, if you want to be in relationship with me and, you know, when you just stop and think and hear about that expressed in that way, I mean, it just seems kind of idiotic. And, uh, you know, why am I putting myself in an elevated position? What right do I have to do that? Uh, you know, and right. assume that nobody else knows as much as I do or has as much to contribute as I do. I mean, it's just kind of silly. And, you know, this is something that's dominated Western culture uh, for, you know, well, maybe ever. Yeah. It, it, it reminds me, as you're saying that, it reminds me of, you know, just the, those very early um, verses in Scripture where, where God is, um, is saying, you know, I am, God is before all things. We are to hold God uh, first and foremost. Um, and we have, as a, as a human race, had this tendency to um, filter God and to filter our beliefs through our own uh, understanding. Um, all the way back to the story of uh, of the fall of Adam and Eve in the garden and choosing the fruit. We want to know good and evil for ourselves um, and define it by ourselves. Um, and and uh, that's at least the way Scripture says that's not the way God intended for things to be. Uh, everything to be filtered through a lens that is focused on on God. And for, uh, for you and I as, as Christians, I would say focused through Christ. Um, and uh, the, the work, life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Well, that's correct, and uh, I, I would absolutely agree with that. You know, we, we tend to forget that um, when we start placing limitations on the people around us, uh, again, putting ourselves in the center of uh, our universes, you know, the center of our realms of influence, uh, we begin to essentially deny the other voices that have uh, maybe the answers, the, you know, the, the creativity that we need to deal with the situations around us. You know, we, we eliminate so much of what God has given us uh, in the relationships, uh, you, you know, that are part of our lives when we, when we deny those voices uh, equality or those gifts equality within our world or within our realms. And, uh, it, you know, again, for me, it just makes no sense why we would put those kinds of limitations on the people around us. Am I, am I that insecure in who I am as a, as a male, as a Christian male in our culture that I have to diminish you in order to make me feel good about myself? Because that's really the bottom line of patriarchy. You know, it's, right. it's not trusting me enough 
to allow you to be a partner, a co-equal with me, because I don't think my ego structure is strong enough to, you know, to let you in in that kind of way. And so therefore, I have to find a way to diminish who you are, you know, to put you down in order to make sure that I elevate me and my false sense of self and insecurity. And, and you know, it's really the bottom line. That's that's what it's all about. And, you know, as long until we recognize it, we will continue to live in that kind of false world, that false sense of self that is destructive to me and to all the people around me. I, uh, you know, we both come from a, a, a perspective um, where we, we can see and recognize that. Um, uh, but we also come from uh, the position of, of being white men, you know, so there is a, a certain set of power and privilege that is afforded to you and I uh, by nature of who we are. Uh, I think of, of stories that I hear from my uh, colleagues um, who are female and in ministry, um, and so often they get referred to as women pastors, um, not just pastor. Um, I hear stories of um, when they get male, it's always Mr., even if it's their first name, you know, it could be Mr. Jane um, Smith, pastor, or Reverend Jane, you know, uh, that they are constantly um, bombarded with this assumption that women cannot hold certain um, roles and have certain responsibilities, um, certainly in the church, and I would say in the, in the world at large. Um, and that's heartbreaking to me um, as, as a father of a daughter who I want to be able to do whatever she wants to do in this world, um, uh, you know, to think that just by nature of her uh, being a woman, that she is going to face um, these systemic, um, systemic uh, patriarchy that, that she's got to overcome that barrier. Um, and, and to be able to be part of dismantling that, um, I think is, is important for me. Uh, like I said, as a father of a, of a daughter, and it's a, it's important to me as a, just as a Christian man that we are able to, uh, bring about some more equity and equality, uh, in the world that we are all created in the image of God and we are all created equal. That's our ministry. I mean, that's our message. And, uh, you know, I know it has been for you as it has been for me. That's been the message for me since I began ministry. And, uh, you know, for me, it's now 40 years of, of ministry and I've never changed or waffled one iota from, you know, uh, claiming the equal status of women within the life of the church and lifting up women, giving every opportunity for women's leadership to be exercised in the life of the church. Had an interesting Sunday school discussion yesterday morning at my church where um, it's it's an older group. Um, you know, these are all mostly retirees that sit around the table and men and women. And it's a great group. They're always willing to tackle all kinds of wonderful issues. And uh, we were talking about uh, uh, some uh, patriarchy, not exactly how we weren't, we weren't defining it in that way, but it's kind of the tone of the conversation. And one of the guys said, I don't remember, you know, that we weren't open to women's leadership when I was growing up. And this guy's, you know, 75 years old and, uh, you know, and he, and he's 
very open. It's not that he was trying to be dismissive at all. He's just going, I don't remember that being a part of the world that you all were describing. And then the women got fired up and they're going, you didn't have to do this. You didn't have to do that. You didn't you know, experience this. And these guys are going, my gosh, we didn't know. And it was really a wonderful experience right. to see their eyes opening to, you know, to a world that they were, um, they were blind to, uh, culturally blind to, that the women were were you know experiencing at that same time as their contemporaries, and uh, it was just a really fascinating moment to watch these guys go, wow, I, you know, I never thought about that, didn't know that, didn't know that was going on, you know, we're just kind of going on our merry way and uh, you know wanting to love and care for everybody. We didn't know that these kinds of um, you know limitations and walls were there, and that you were dealing with that kind of stuff. So. Even today, you know, here we are in 2019 and, you know, we're still getting our eyes open to these injustices that um, we don't think we're part of, but we contribute to by our ignorance. Right, right. We're, I'm blessed here to uh, the church I serve to have um, several of the women still involved in church who were the first um, elders, first deacons, first board members, board chairs, um, to to be here still in the church and able to tell that story and how that has impacted them um, over the years. Uh, so yeah, it, it is interesting to to have those conversations with somebody who lived through the sometimes very heartbreaking um, relationship rending. Uh, kinds of transitions that have been made um, in my lifetime, um, and I'm not that old yet, uh, but have been made in my lifetime um, to think that we are still um, doing some of that work uh, has been eye-opening uh, for me. Yeah, which makes our work with Disciples Men that much more important because we do have a long way to go. We've got a good foundation to build on, and we've got a wonderful <laughs> supporting cast of, you know, of men who are committed to, you know, yes. to making this journey. It might be, it might be helpful for us to kind of do a little bit of a deeper dive into a kind of uh, patriarchy yeah. and, and, um, and kind of it's, uh, it's foundational elements in us. And we are going to do a podcast down the road on competition and its impact on, on men in our culture, actually on impact on all of us, but especially men and, and why it's such an important topic. But one of the things that, um, you know, that we need to acknowledge is that there are, that there are historic and traditional uh, archetypal roles, if I can, you know, use uh, Jungian language, that do kind of create differences. Uh, they're both biological and, and cultural differences for men and women and how we, and how we are raised, how we see the world. Uh, those, those differences are very real. I'm not, I'm not an expert on women's issues, so I won't pretend to do that. But with men, there is a journey, you know, that from the time we are born until, you know, the time we reach adulthood in which, in which we are developed, the character of who we are is developed emotionally, you know, we're developed physically, all those elements mm -hmm. are there. And in a natural progression, uh, you know, we move from, you know, the, the, what uh, some uh, psychologists call the divine child, where when we are born, you know, we are the center of our parents and our family's universes. And, and we have to be because we can't right. care for ourselves. We need their undivided attention to help us get there. 
And then as we begin to, to grow and mature, we recognize that we're not the only people in the world. And suddenly, you know, my divine child status gets challenged because there are other people vying for my parents and the people I love's time and attention. And so we begin to figure out how we fit into a world where uh, I have to share these people and, you know, share life with other others. And so we do that. We develop uh, we develop uh, streaks of competition, ability to compete well within the world as we as we you know bump up against these other individuals. And and even in today, because, you know, um, uh, uh, we value uh other people, our relationships with other people, that there are people that we want to love and people who want to love us, uh, you know, as we try to find ways to, you know, to draw their attention to us. And, uh, and, we, uh, and you know, so there's all kinds of building cultural mechanisms in which we begin to exercise, uh, exercise our uniqueness in order to cap the, capture the attention of others. And, uh, and all that's a part of what some psychologists call the immature masculine journey, is that it's the formation part of who we are. In tribal cultures, there comes a point, usually, you know, at, a, at the moment of adolescence, in which the tribal elders, the men of the, of the tribe, will take these young men and, and take them through rite of passages. And these are where, where they right. essentially die to self and are raised as part of the of the whole community where they see that they are there to their primary purpose is how they contribute to the whole and not just how they how they focus on self and those are significant journeys that men must make and you know uh, some psychologists would say especially jungian psychologists would say that that's the journey from the immature to the mature masculine where we go from being self-centered to other-centered patriarchy is the is the model is the cultural model of 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 a of a culture that's made up primarily whose leadership core is made primarily up of immature men of men who have not made the journey into the mature masculine patriarchy is a way of flexing the muscle of still being the hero type in our minds uh, you know where all the world is focused on us and our power and our ability to distribute power and that's the, you know, that's a, that's the culture that we live in today. And every, every attempt that we've had to dismantle patriarchy, we keep bumping, bumping up against the fact that the people we're asking to change have never made a rite of passage, that these men have never made the journey into right. the mature masculine where they can see the world through, you know, through, uh, can see the world uh, centered on another rather than centered on self. And that's part of the struggle that we have. And the ministries that you and I are working through that we've designed, that we're getting ready to implement, you know, through the through all of Disciples of Christ uh, churches uh, for men's ministry are designed to help men make this journey from the immature to the mature masculine. And again, the role of patriarchy is it is the cultural reality that exists when the leadership, the male leadership, are all operating out of the immature masculine. We don't know a society mm -hmm. today in which that's not true. Uh, we don't know a society in, that is, that is, uh, that is a, uh, uh, where the leadership is operating from both the male and the female mature forms of gender, of, of their uh, masculinity and femininity. femininity. And that's, uh, you know, so again, some sense we're kind of swimming upstream, it feels like, because we're, you know, we don't have a model right. to embrace. 
we have tribal models, but those cultures are, you know, radically different in their structure than the ones that we live in. So in part, what we're doing is we're from the ground up is we're trying to create mechanisms, uh, ministries by which men can make this journey. And, and the world requires it today. We cannot continue down the pathway we're on if we're, if all of our leadership capacities are in their immature right. forms. And so, um, that's, that's part of the journey that, that we're trying to embrace and create an opportunity for men to really discover who they truly are, are in their relationship with God in their mature form and how that brings a different kind of joy and peace uh, to life and to the life of the people around them when they can experience and embrace that kind of, that kind of worldview. And so uh, this is really, really important and vital work we have to understand the shortcomings of patriarchy and why it impacts me as a white male or as a male in our culture as much as it does the people around me. We are all suffering because we we are trapped, it seems, within the patriarchal realm. When you talk about rites of passage, um, I... I you said something very interesting there. It just caught my attention. I, I don't know that I've heard it before. Um, was this this idea of a rite of passage being dying to self and then being um, born into a realization that there are um, there's a greater world around us of which we are a part. And it, it struck me today just how much that ties in with our um, with our with baptism in the Christian faith, with with this um, understanding of we're dying to ourselves and we're becoming uh, new beings in Christ, new beings, uh, brothers and sisters in this this new um, divine family uh, that that really allows us to look at the world um, through a different set of eyes, a, a mature or um, in some way, holy um, uh, lens to view the world through. That's correct. And what we've done with baptism, sadly, is we've made it not a rite of passage, but a rite of membership. And so, you know, part of uh, part of why baptism, you know, doesn't carry yeah. near the weight that it once did, is because it's 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 the it's the membership requirement for the club for the church club that we want to be a part of. Right. And, uh, you know, and, uh, and the, again, I, I don't, I'm being overly critical here of colleagues in ministry, but the truth is, is that the culture, church culture itself doesn't allow us to, to take, to make the kind of investment in our, in our young people, our children and our youth, uh, you know, that as a whole to make this journey, because these are whole community journeys. You can't just take one piece of it and make it because the yes. rest of it will essentially say, you know, the people who don't participate will tell you to get over it. They want you the way you were. And the minute that you make right. this journey and become a new a right. new being within the context of that community, it threatens everybody else's sense of self. And so that's that if it's not a community embraced endeavor, you know, that we're all in this together, we're all going to make this help this young man make or this young woman make this journey into the mature forms of who they are, then it, then it unravels because you don't have the kind of support mechanism required for that journey to be complete or to embrace the new person that emerges on the other side of the rite of passage. Again, that's, that's one of the daunting tasks that we face 
in this is how do you how do you establish whole communities that can embrace this journey, this vital journey, if we're going to survive as a people on this planet? I mean, we've done such horrible damage. Some of us probably irreversible now, uh, you know, because we can't get ourselves out of the way and see how we are contributors to a much larger whole. Yeah. Rather than that, the world is all about me, my wants, my desires, etc. Yeah, it is. Like you said, it is a daunting task, but it is the task to which I believe we are called. Um, and there's the, you know, that um, tried and true saying that um, we are not responsible for um, the complete. Um, resolution of all the world's problems that is not our calling on the other hand we are to still called uh to do our part and to make our impact and uh, that's that's why this this ministry with disciples men um the uh, materials and the uh, paradigm that we are presenting with the jesus way uh, i believe is just so vitally important at this juncture in uh, in time and in history um, to make an impact, to do what we can do, um, to uh, begin to right the ship, if you will, um, and get us going in a get the whole culture going in a direction that is um, truly bringing about uh, God's kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. That, it is, that it is, is our task. Um, our it's, task, and it's a joyous task. It's a you know, it's a it's a roll up your sleeves and dive in kind of task that requires yeah. our all. It really, really does. But, but if we truly believe in God and we truly believe that we are that we are called by God in some way to exercise the gifts and graces God has given us in our lives, why would we not want to embrace that with every ounce of our being? Because that's the journey where we find the greatness yeah. in our our, our 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 great true self in God. All the rest is a false sense of self. It's it's the world's. Uh, mask that they place on us in order yeah. to be conformed to the ways of the world. Jesus came to tell us there's another way that you, you know, that you are called to live in the world in re- yeah. relationship with God. And Jesus showed us the way, which is why this is a Jesus way ministry. Jesus way men, Jesus modeled for all of us, how one right. is called to live in right relationship with God and right relationship with one another in the world. And and that rubs up against the norm for which the world expects us to live, you and I to live in this world. And so it is a, it is, it's an alternative lifestyle, an, a, a, an alternative journey that God calls us on that we mm-hmm. have to be very intentional about. And, and because of that great intentionality and because of the resistance we get when we try to make the journey, it's imperative that we have people who will walk alongside us, who will you know hold us accountable, who will hold us up when it feels like it's too strong or too heavy a journey to carry. All of those pieces have to be in place and uh, you know for this for this to work. So we have to, we, we have to really retool, rethink, re-envision, who we are, you know, this is again my particular view, but we have to re- re-envision this now for who we are. If we're going to be people of faith that can make an impact in the yes. world, this is what's required of us. It always has been, but for, it seems like all of a sudden the ante's been raised on this. 
that it's it's you know we don't have any any room any wiggle room anymore yes. to figure it out that we better figure it out and get our act together quickly because we're running out of time and I don't mean that's not a doomsday statement I don't mean that but you know there are a lot of critical factors around us now that have global impact and it all starts with how I choose to live my life yes or how I feel called to live my life in response to who God is in my life and how God has revealed that life to me in Jesus Christ. And, and that touches on so many uh, areas that, that I know we're, we're both very passionate about um, and, and we'll be talking about in the future, you know, when we start thinking about um, creating communities of support, um, you know, I think about the importance of having um, safe spaces where, where men can, um, explore and, and envision new ways of being in the world. And I, when we talk about rites of passage, I think about the importance of having someone um, to walk with us and to uh, mentor or coach or guide, um, to guide us as we move through these these um, stages in our lives and, and we encounter this, this new way of being. Um, so that there's some great opportunities, uh, I'm sure, for us to to discuss some of those things that, as uh, our podcast moves forward. Um, but just to just to highlight a couple of those that I know that are important um, for for you and I and integral uh, to the way um, we envision uh, the Jesus way and disciples men moving forward um, from this point. Yeah, and I don't want to get away from the podcast today without kind of stating some of the realities that why this is important. Uh, you and I both know that we've been invited into a conversation about uh, uh, domestic and intimate partner violence and uh, been asked if the disciple men are willing to be yes. partners in in uh, making that a priority in our focus of our ministry. And again, both of us, you know, enthusiastically said, yes, we know that that's something that has to be attended to in our ministries because of its devastating impact on so many in our culture. And the good news is, is that we, uh, we have asked our uh, uh, general conference of disciple men, president Stuart Price, if he would poll the members of the general conference and just see what kind of commitment that we would get from them in the, pursuing this particular topic. And the good news is, as they all said, absolutely, we need to pursue this. And I found that wonderfully encouraging. It's a statement about the, yes. you know, the character of the people that we get to work with through the general conference of disciple men. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, I think both of us would admit that this was not something we were quite ready to address as we're still doing some foundational elements, but there's no question that this has to be a priority because of this is one of the dark sides, the shadow sides of the immature masculine is how it really hurts physically and emotionally. Right. The people we claim to love. And, you know, there's a great inconsistency there, a disconnect between me beating you up as a way of showing you my love and what true love really is. Right. Yeah, I have been, uh, as you said, I've just been um, overwhelmed. My heart has swelled with the response, the immediate response of, yes, this is something that is important to us um, as a general conference of disciples men, as uh, from the office of disciples men, that this is something that we, we wholeheartedly support um, and we want to throw our um, 
our support, our influence, and our uh, energies into dealing with um, an issue that, unfortunately, for for so long has still gone um, under the radar or uh, has been not discussed in polite society. That's correct. We haven't, uh, you know, we haven't, um, we've we've swept it under the rug, so to speak, because we don't know how to deal with these kinds of topics and. Um, it doesn't make any difference if we know how we, we will find a way if we just start the conversation. There are a whole lot of people who will be quite happy to guide us and direct us down the pathway, the right pathway. Once we start, we just have to have a willingness to say, we can't tolerate this as men anymore and should never have tolerated it. But you know, this now, now we feel called in our, our particular places to do something about it. And that's where it starts. It starts with me. It starts with you and it starts with, you know, the guys who respond to our, our plea to, you know, to begin to make this journey with us and see what kind of difference we can make in the world. It's all the time we have for today on the Disciples Men podcast. I'm Alex Ruth and want to thank you on behalf of Greg Alexander for joining us on our discussion of patriarchy and domestic and intimate partner violence here on the podcast today. Hope you are enjoying our uh, conversations and we invite you again to participate by sending us a comment on, either on a podcast or sending it through our Facebook page or on the website. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, find out more information about what you want to hear about here on future editions of the Disciples Men podcast. Coming up in just a couple of weeks, we'll be talking with the president of the General Conference of Disciples Men, Stuart Price, as we get some more information about how the ministries relate to one another and how we both seek to serve disciples men, Christian men in the world today. God bless and thanks again for joining us on the Disciples Men podcast. Our special thanks to our good friend, the Reverend Dr. Dean Phelps, for providing the special music of this podcast. You can discover more of Dean's music at deanphelpsmusic.com. And you can learn more about the ministry of Disciples Men on Facebook and through discipleshomemissions.org.